everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. He has been speaking truth to power, politicians, church, and governmental leaders and more for decades. As an internationally acclaimed pastor, best-selling author of over 19 books, commentator, historian, and cultural observer whose voice and outspoken, biblically-based views have graced the airwaves of every major news network and his own one-minute syndicated radio show called The Garlow Perspective. 800 media outlets nationwide, but that's not all. This tireless warrior, both in the air and on the ground, meeting with heads of state in multiple countries, all of whom are benefactors of his now classic read, well-versed, including President Donald J. Trump, has spawned not only his well-versed world ministries, but the World Prayer Network, reaching thousands around the globe for the cause of Christ, equipping, warning, educating, and yes, praying, which brings us to today. In concert with Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council, a quote, national gathering for prayer and repentance, end quote, which we will talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome back to Testimony, always a joy and honor, founder and CEO of Wellversed Ministries, along with beautiful bride and co-founder Rosemary Schindler Garlow, co-host and creator of the World Prayer Network and now host to the upcoming National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance to be held in Washington, D.C. at the magnificent Museum of the Bible, February 1, 2023, a solemn assembly with special guest speakers. Please welcome Dr. James L. Garlow. Dr. Garlow, Jim, sir, welcome back to Testimony. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you. It is always great to have you. First of all, I've just perused your new wellversedworld.org website, and it is sensational, my view, with everything one would want to know about your marvelous ministry team, upcoming events, and ways to engage and be a part. Just fantastic. So let's get right to it. The National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance. First question, and take all the time you need. Talk about the state of our country, this nation, the world at large, your view, and how a call to national prayer and repentance can move the hand of God to miraculously restore what the enemy has stolen and how in your own life, ministry and mission, you have been able to quote witness and quote experience the hope of just that. Dr. James Garlow, please tell us that story. Well, thank you so much. If, if I would have said to you on March the 15th, 2020, here's what it's going to be like in 2023. 
uh, you would have said that, that that's not possible. That's not my America. Uh, that's not even my world. That can't possibly be. Nothing could possibly change that quickly. Uh, but here we are, not all that long from that date, March the 15th, 2020, when our world began to radically change. And it changed very quickly in a host of areas. Uh, there's a totalitarian authoritarianism is on the rise in countries around the world. Our own loss of freedoms in this country has been staggering. The rise of so many things that are totally inappropriate, immoral, have been made the norm, just like Isaiah 520, they call good bad, and they call bad good. We have seen things we never anticipated would happen in our world. We wouldn't have thought, uh, even three years ago, for example, that on wide scale in public school systems, uh, educators would work with children against the parents' knowledge to get the child mutilated if the child wants to declare him to be uh, he or her to be of the opposite gender. We, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't thought it in categories like that. And so we find ourselves in a radical downward slide. Now, the good news is when, when it dark gets darker, the, the bright gets, does get brighter and gets lighter. We'll get to that in a second. But we go country by country, whether it's in Bolivia, where the former president, a godly woman, Jenny Nanya, sits in prison right now, accused falsely. She was in power, and then the socialists came back over the mock trial. Or if we go to Brazil, where Bolsonaro gave tremendous leadership, and now he potentially could be hauled back to his country by, by a convicted man who's now the head of Lula, mm-hmm. and Bolsonaro could find himself in prison. You go country by country, and we're seeing there's some bright lights. Victor Orban in Hungary would be an example of somebody who's standing strong in, in the midst of the storm. But this is a this is a challenging time we're in. A World Economic Forum with their great plans for globalism for us all. The absence of recognizing sovereignty of the various nations of the world. The coercion in, in terms of economic, whether it's ESG, the, the social scoring system they're using on us. Um, all kinds of things are happening, and it came down very quickly. Now, that being the case, what what are our options? And we, we might say, oh, well, my goodness, the Republicans got back in power in the House. But our hope is not. We're way beyond the issue of Republicans versus Democrats. We're way beyond the issue of right versus left. We're squarely standing right versus wrong, good versus evil, biblical truth as opposed to anti-scriptural constructs, things of God versus the evil one. And so the demarcations are, are really getting quite clear. Of those who stand for holiness, righteousness, biblical justice, as opposed to social justice, which is anti-scriptural, and, and for truth itself. That being the case, the tool or the vehicle we have is one, and it's repentance. Repentance before God. Personal sins, starting there. The sin of the church, for example. The apostasy of the church. And then this, our national sins, as a nation. Now, repentance doesn't mean I can go blame the radicals, the extremists who ruined everything. Repentance means I repent for my contribution to whatever is happening in our world. And we repent before an almighty, holy God for what is happening here. And so when we begin to think about what we're facing right now as a nation, tremendous despair on the part of righteous people across the country in many cases, is there any hope can we be restored? Our goal is not to save the republic. Our goal ultimately is to exalt the name of Jesus. Our goal is to honor almighty God. Our goal is to walk in obedience with him. 
our goal is to love God, but we demonstrate that love for God by walking in obedience to His will, His word, and His way. That being the case, then the heart of repentance that spring up in every true follower of Almighty God, of Yeshua HaMashiach, of the Jesus the Messiah. And so based upon that, I made some phone calls in late November. It was way too late to start something like this for February 1, the day it's taking place. I made several calls and said, what about us doing this? And, and I got a positive response and really encouraged you. Tony Perkins at FRC and, and Congressman Mike Johnson from Louisiana and Mike Ferris, former head of the ADF, and Pam Pryor, who's working in the State Department, and others just said, Let, let's, let's do this. And so we, we began to work towards doing it. So February the 1st, come together quite quickly. There'll be a national gathering for prayer and repentance, 6.30 a.m. Now, will people get up that early to pray? Well, <laughs> if they know the condition of America, they will. They certainly will. In fact, if they're there and able to come, uh, they'll they'll need to uh, they'll need to arrive to get through security. It's probably at five thirty a.m. They get through security at Museum of the Bible to get to the room at a decent time. And so, if they understand the condition of America, they they will. We're not even serving breakfast. This is not breaking the fast. This is continuing the fast that morning. So we're coming together to pray, and this is not the typical uh, prayer breakfast. Have a lot of breakfast and little prayer. And a lot of speaking and a lot of talking a little prayer. And they have sermons and little prayer and speeches and little prayer. This is prayer, 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 prayer. The only break from prayer will be just a few minutes, very few minutes, very short. Paul's to repentance by N. Graham Watts, a well-known speaker, author, um, tremendous, tremendous call to holiness. She's, of course, the daughter of Billy Graham. And then Jonathan Kahn, who I consider to be America's prophet. And then Pastor Andrew Brunson, who was, when he pastored in Turkey, was thrown in prison for two years. And what, what he learned from that, we're all learning from him. And then uh, Carter Conlon, the pastor in New York City at Times Square for so many years, currently traveling ministry, but uh, he had quite an impact in New York City following David Wilkerson at that prestigious church. So those smaller will give very brief calls to repentance. And then... Evangelical leaders, one after another, will pray for just, just a few moments. Very brief. All repentance. All repentance, whether it's personal, whether it's for the sins of the church or sins of our nation. And then members of Congress, probably around 15, 20 members of Congress will be leading in prayer. All Congress is invited, but just a few will have, will have time for them to pray. And we'll repent of every aspect of American life that is out of order with the things of God. There'll be worship, uh, worship of praise is the highest form of prayer. So the, the worship will continue the spirit, the vertical orientation. It's us talking to God, whether it's through a worship song or whether it's the actual in verbal prayer. It goes from 6.30 to 8.30, Museum of the Bible, February the 1st, a Wednesday morning. And we encourage people to go. To, they go to our website, wellversedworld.org, wellversedworld.org, and they'll find information about the national gathering for prayer and repentance. Our tickets available. We'd love to do it for free. We can't do it for free because it's very costly to do the event. So unfortunately, we had to charge it. And the tickets to me are way beyond what we wanted. But we were just hoping to even break even if we can. I don't know what we can. But we're having to charge $200 for the tickets. It would cover the cost of the event. We even debated what we could do. We said, okay, well, let's go forward anyway because we've got, we've got to pray. 
So they go to the website, wellversedworld.org, and then go to information. If they have questions, they just go to info at wellversedworld.org, info at wellversedworld.org, and we'll try to answer any questions we can. If they cannot come, we totally understand for 450 people in the main room and 450 in the overflow, it'll be live streamed. Probably going to start the live stream at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time and 7.30 Central, 6.30 Mountain, and 5.30 a.m. California Time. So the live stream will go on those, those hours, and it'll be carried by Daystar Christian Television Network. Then the next day, it will air twice, we're told by Daystar. But we want, by all means, we want people to pray with us. This is a moment of are there 10 righteous in Sodom kind of moment? How would that translate if 10 out of Sodom's population, what would that be out of 330 million Americans? What would be the equivalent of that? I'm not sure entirely, but we're trying to see, is there a remnant that will stand in the gap, help rebuild the wall? Ezekiel 33, 20 ends with these sad words, and I found no one. But we don't think God's going to find no one in America going to find a lot of people. And so we encourage you, if you can, if you live in the D.C. area, come to the event. As long as tickets are available, info at wellversedworld.org if you need more information. Scroll down until you see the National Gathering on Prayer and Repentance. We think the only two keys that America has left right now, given the dynamics of what she faces, whether it's in national security, whether it's in moral decline, is repentance and, of course, the spirit of forgiveness. Those are the two keys that would unlock the doors. Again, our goal is not to save the republic. Our goal is to honor Almighty God. But a, but a side option coming from honoring God and repenting before Him would be the saving of the republic. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Dr. James Garlow, host of the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance to be held in Washington, D.C., February 1, 2023, at the magnificent Museum of the Bible. More details on that at the end of this broadcast. Jim, in his revelatory read, Return of the Gods, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn who will also be speaking, as you've already alluded to, at your national gathering and has been a multiple guest on this program, shares how these gods, demon spirits, which never really die but are kept at bay, are ultimately cast out with prayer, have returned. And with our permission, case in point, which you've already also uh, alluded to, and that is the defense of Marriage Act, which is camouflage jargon, my view, for Defense of Sodom and Gomorrah Act, including pedophilia, sexualization of our children, openly assaulting our most vulnerable in our churches and classrooms, no boundaries, no borders, no decency, and parents thrown in jail when they attempt to protect their own. The list goes on, but perhaps the most egregious uh, and evil of all, the over 65 million aborted babies 
to date that now have to fight for their lives even after they are born and the 210 Democrats who voted no to the bill protecting them, citing in one voter's case to be, quote, non-entities, end quote. Your thoughts, Dr. Garlow, on how we got here. And is this part of the repenting we must all do for allowing such evil to prevail on the altar of complacency or is it the altar of fear in the church? Your thoughts? Well, in the church, there's too much worshiping at the altar of nickels, noses, and numbers. That's part of the challenge. That's part of what we have to repent of. Uh, I'll come back to that in just a moment. But uh, on, on the Defense of Marriage Act, actually, that was that was what was actually the name of it back when it passed when Clinton was president. Under a Democrat president, of all people, Bill Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act clear back when he was president. What they recently renamed that, of course, as it came through Congress, is the Respect for Marriage Act as even a more offensive title. Disrespect for marriage is what it is. That passed vote in July. Every Democrat voted for it, and 47 Republicans in the House voted for it, including my congressman, whom he knew a group of us as pastors worked hard to get him elected, so he so he wouldn't have a candidate who voted the way he did. Wow! And so we were we were beyond uh, we we could not believe that he sold us down the river so fast once he got in. Uh, I I've generally not encountered that among many people we've worked with, but anyways, forty seven. Then it got to the Senate, and uh, twelve or so, I believe, uh, or was that eighteen? I can't remember right now actually voted the wrong way. Rob Portman's been in that position from Ohio for some time. He changed his policy because his child said he was homosexual. It's what you call policy by child. In other words, if your child does you something, then I'm going to change my policy. How pathetic is that? Now, in the House, on the second vote, when it came back through, came through in December, that number 47 dropped, thank goodness, dropped to 38. But one of those, for example, who changed his vote was Congressman Scott Perry. I had the privilege of interviewing him uh, just a few days ago. He sought advice on how to vote on it from even his pastor. His pastor gave him bad advice. He voted according to what his pastor said. When he found out what it actually was, he was horrified, and he went on Tony Perkins' radio show and apologized to the nation for voting the wrong way. Well, that's a man of God that would do that. How many times have you heard a congressman apologizing? Amen. But he certainly did. At least there were eight, apparently, that received correction of some kind. But it's still 38 Republicans that sold out not only the Republican platform, uh, which their base would have supported them for, and then obviously a counter to God's definition of marriage. And, and so the problem is it isn't just Democrat. It's it spread across the aisle uh, quite strongly. Um, we don't have time on this, but if I were to unpack the Hebrew words, in, in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, on the understanding of male and female and male and female coming together in the construct of marriage, it would be evident to every listener how sacred, how holy, how righteous is the institution of marriage of a man and a woman before Almighty God. And any understanding of the truth of God's Word takes a person there, no person 
can call themselves a serious follower of Jesus and support that for which God destroyed Sodom. But going back to um, your question about Jonathan Kahn's book, anything Jonathan Kahn writes is superb. It is excellent. He's a very close personal friend of my wife and I. We were with him while he was writing that book. And then we got an early copy before it came out. My wife devoured it. Right after the book officially came out, we were traveling one week in Turkey and one week in Greece, taking a group of people. It was so interesting in the light of his book. We were seeing all these cultures tours, and we were going to all the, oh, here's the Temple of Zeus, here's the Temple of Apollo, here's the Temple of, and the list would go on. And we, we went to all these sites where these various gods, as they were called, were worshipped. And along comes Jonathan Tom, the return of the gods. They migrated to the United States. All these gods are manifesting there. And we just tend to dismiss them as demonic spirits. We may need, need to, to do a little bit more study and kind of think in terms, what, what writes in Scripture, I am God above all gods. The term gods is used in, it doesn't mean, okay, I have this, uh, my, my Corvette is my God, or my new house is my God, or pleasure is my God, or etc. These were entities. They were actual entities. They, they are the belief systems of spiritual entities. For our purposes right now, let's call them gods with a small g. And that's why God says, Yahweh, or, or El Shaddai, or Adonai, and he has a name, and that's why he says, I am God above all gods. And, and these gods that were worshipped are the gods that are being worshipped now in America. And Jonathan Kahn's book, that you can't find a better description of the metamorphosis or the transformation from these ancient cultures in the modern American culture of what is happening. And that explains, that explains whether it's a massive national death, which is a, a spirit, a spirit of thievery, which thou shalt not steal from future generations. Our current president and the majority of the people in Congress don't care don't care that they're thieves, stealing from future generations. They don't care. In fact, the people who are bringing up the issues and fighting hard on this and saying this is not right, like Congressman Dan Bishop or, or, or Chip Roy or, or Ralph Norman, or these guys are fighting to say, no, we can't spend this kind of money. This is not right to do this. The others, the majority, don't care. They're destroying, robbing, stealing. From people. That's a spirit. That, that, that is a bad spirit. Amen. Not the, it's mentioned in all the sexual sins, etc. So that's what we have unfolding in our country. Why would church attendance be off 30%? Just because of COVID? No, COVID only showed us the heart of the people. Showed us where we were. Why are pastors, some pastors, not speaking out on issues? Let me give you the numbers. 364,000 places of worship in America. 364,000. How many of those are not within the framework of Bible teaching, Bible believing. At least it's 28%, approximately 100,000. And, and so about 100,000 who call themselves Bible teaching, Bible, Bible believing. Of those, what percentage of those actually have a biblical worldview following George Barnum's eight characteristics of what worldview would be like if it was bona fide biblical foundation? We don't know. 
I don't know what COVID has done to pastors, shake them up, make some weak and scared, make others bold and strong, to praise God in the latter category. But let's just say 15,000 now, though it's not for certain. That's probably somewhat close to accuracy. So you can see we went from 344,000 Protestant churches, and we're down to 15,000. So I love pastors. The pastors I run with, almost most of them, are, are bold, courageous, strong. They're biblical. At first, they committed to truth. And they're paying a price for it. But there's an awful lot who are not. And that's why I said a moment ago, if you're going to worship at the altar of Nichols' noses and numbers, you're not going to say something controversial because you don't want to offend people. And the gospel, unfortunately, is sometimes it's winsome, it's magnetic, but it also can be offensive. I'm not suggesting we need to be belligerent to people. We should not be. We should reach out in love. Jesus died for the sins of all. But at the same time, we've got to recognize that in terms of the shepherds or the prophets of our country, the pastors of churches, we need to see a rising number of those who will stand up in this hostile culture and articulate the truth. Now, the good news on the flip side, there are people on the other side who are radically opposed to us when they hear of young kids being mutilated and their private parts cut off. Even people on the severe left are saying, wait a minute, this has gone too far. This is not right. This is not good. There are some who otherwise would be opposed to So there is a white harvest out there ready to be harvested of people who can be appealed to on the authenticity of God's Word, His wonderful Word. And so it's really a a wonderful moment as the dark is getting darker, and it has, over the last two and a half years, three years. At that same time, the light is getting brighter. And that's, that's the part that's really encouraging, which makes it far more attractive in the environment we find ourselves in. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to internationally renowned pastor, author, historian, cultural commentator, and founder of Wellversed Ministries, Dr. James L. Garlow, on his upcoming National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance to be held in Washington, D.C., February 1, 2023, at the Magnificent Museum of the Bible, in collaboration with Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council and others, a much-needed heed, prayer, and support for the cause of Christ and our country. You can learn more about Dr. Garlow's work, ministry, and mission by visiting wellversedworld.org and get your tickets, join in person, or live stream, but most important of all, just be there in support, repentance, and prayer. You will be blessed that you did. Dr. Garlow, Jim, sir, it is always a joy having you share your latest great endeavor to call this great nation of ours to the greatness that God created. When he put in place biblical and godly leaders, he knew we would need and have need of, again, your well-versed world organization is doing just that with all sectors of society, age, ethnicity, demographic, since if we don't speak, who will? If we don't act, who will? And last, but most important of all, if we don't pray and repent, who will for our nation, our families, and yes, even our enemies who are in need of a savior? 
before it's too late. We thank you, and God bless you, Dr. James L. Garlow, for doing just that. My honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensene Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.